We meet today in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to verse 35. We're looking at the seven things that God hurts. Now, it is unbelievable for some people that God could actually hurt. They consider him only as a God of love. The reason they have this kind of reaction is the result of following a deductive reasoning based on the syllogistic method of reasoning. The major premise is that God is love. That is true. The minor premise is that God is the opposite of hurt. And that is also true. Then the conclusion they draw is that God cannot hurt anything. But that is not true. God is love, but God hurts evil. That's where the correction needs to come in. We can see this same thing in our own human relationships. You love your little child, but you hurt the fever that is wrecking the little body. You love your child, but you hurt the mad dog with a frothing mouth that comes into your yard and attempts to bite your child. If you love your child, you will hurt that mad dog. As long as there is a world of contrast, a world in which sin has entered, we will love the right and hurt the wrong. Or, on the other hand, if you love sin, then you will hurt righteousness. The word of God tells us to love the good and hurt the evil. When we get to the book of Ecclesiastes, we will find that there is, it is written there, that there is a time to love and a time to hurt. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 8. Now we find that there are seven things God hurts. This is his list from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to verse 19. These six things the Lord hurts. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. You see, these evil qualities are actually an abomination to Jehovah or to Yahweh. You see, there are categories of the sins, even though they are seven in number. The categories is that there is the sin of attitude shown by a proud look, the sin of thought uh, suggested by a heart that devises wicked plans, the sins of speech illustrated in a lying tongue and a false witness, the sins of action found in the hands that shed innocent blood and feet that are swift in running to evil, then the sins of influence revealed in sowing discord among the brethren. You see, God definitely says that he hurts these things and we ought to put them on our head list also. This isn't the first time God has stated that he hurts something. If you will turn back to Deuteronomy, you will read, You shall not set up a sacred pillar which the Lord your God hurts. Deuteronomy 16 verse 22. You see, God hates any kind of idol or anything that would take his place in our hearts. God's hurt is mentioned again in Psalm 45 verse 7, the great millennial psalm. You love righteousness and hurt wickedness. You see, one follows the other as the night follows the day. 
God said to the early church in the book of Revelation, But this you have, that you had the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I also heard. Revelation 2 verse 6. So my friend, you can see God loves, but also God hates. God is love, but by the same token, God is hate. And scripture adequately states the case. The number seven in the Bible indicates not perfection, but completeness. God has a complete hatred of these things, and they are all the works of the flesh, if you not. They are the things that reveal the total depravity and the utter degradation of the human species. God has gone on record that he hates them. He says, I love, but he also says, I hurt. Now, let's look at this ugly and hateful brood, this list. These belong to the head list of God's ledger. First is a proud look, and the literal is eyes of loftiness. It is the attitude that overvalues self and undervalues others. This is pride. It is that thought of the heart, that little look and the turn of the face that flash of the eyes which says you are better than someone else. God says, I hate it. It is number one on his list. He puts it ahead of murder and even ahead of drunkenness. God hates the proud look. Now, it is very strange that in churches today, one can get away with a proud look and no one would say a thing about it. Do you know that the first overt act of sin in heaven, the original sin, was pride? It was when Satan, Lucifer, the son of the morning, said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mound of the congregation, on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, verse 13 to verse 14. This is the first sin. You see, and he is the one who came to the man even in the Garden of Eden and said, you will be like God. You see, Genesis 3, verse 5. Pride. God resists the proud, and he has respect for the humble. He says that he will bring down the high looks. God said to Job, Look on everyone who is proud and bring him law. Tread down the wicked in their place. Job 40 verse 12. In the Beatitude on the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 verse 3. This is what the psalmist says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, Neither do I concern myself with the great matters, nor with things too profound for me. That is in Psalm 131 verse 1. My friend, we need to take the lowly place, the humble place, and say, O oh Lord God, I am weak. I can't make it. I need you. The second on God's head list is God hates a lying tongue. Have you ever noticed that there is far more said throughout the Bible about the abuse of the tongue than is said about the abuse of alcohol. 
The abuse of the tongue is something that is common to all races and all languages. People talk about tongues movement. <laughs> My friend, there is a big tongues movement today. Do you know what that is? It is the lying tongue. People lie a lot. And how tragic it is. The psalmist, probably David, said, I said in my haste, all men are liars. Psalm 116 verse 11. And indeed, all men are liars. Again, the psalmist said, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Psalm 120 verse 2. In David's prayer of confession in Psalm 51 verse 6, he said, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You make me know wisdom. You see, God is the God of truth. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Psalm 31 verse 5. How wonderful that is and how different from a lying tongue. And God hurts a lying tongue. The third thing God hurts is the hands that shed innocent blood. A murderer is particularly odious and objectionable both to God and to man. God says the murderer should be punished because he took that which God said is sacred, the human life. God says that human life is precious and that when a murderer kills a man, he is to forfeit his own life. That is the teaching of the word of God. It doesn't matter what the teaching of your nation or your, your judges or your courts says. The fourth thing that God hurts is a heart that devises wicked plans, thoughts of iniquity. Now, I think all mankind has evil thoughts. The Lord Jesus said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts false witnesses, blasphemies, Matthew 15 verse 19. It is an ugly brood that comes out of the human heart. By the way, have you ever confessed to God what you have in your heart and in your mind? We all need to do that. We need to be cleansed. God is dealing with the anatomy of evil and iniquity. And you, did you see that the iniquity here, the anatomy of it, includes the eyes, the tongue, the hands, the heart, the feet, as we also shall see next. So, the fifth thing that God hates is the feet that are swift in running to evil. You see, the heart blazes the trail that the feet will follow. Isaiah put it like this, their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their parts. Isaiah 59 verse 7. These are the things on God's head list. The sixth thing that God hates is a false witness who speaks lies. Now it is not an uncommon thing today for people to perjure themselves. It seems to be one of the common sins of our time. It is a thing which God hurts. And finally, the seventh thing that God hurts is one who sows discord among the brethren. 
Now there is a beatitude given by the Lord Jesus that looks at it from the positive side. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Matthew 5 verse 9. You see, there are multitudes of people sowing discord, and they are not all politically motivated, by the way. They are in your neighborhood, and the chances are they are even in your church. You may even have one in your own home, and there is a possibility that he even may be sitting where you sit. My friend, causing trouble between family members or, or brothers in Christ or fellow workers is something that God hates. What kind of a family member are you? What kind of a workmate are you? Do you cause discord? This list of seven sins is like a mirror, my friend. We look into it and we squim because we see ourselves. May I ask you to take a good look at yourself in this mirror of the word of God. After you and I see ourselves as we really are, let us go to God and make a confession of these things. Let us be honest with him and ask him for cleansing. Next is Proverbs Chapter 6, verse 20 to verse 23. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. In Proverbs, whenever reference is made to instruction in the home, both father and mother tend to be mentioned. And this indicates that both parents are to be involved in the formation of their children's character. The young man has grown and has gone away to school, but he is reminded not to forget the things that were taught him by his father and his mother. The things he learned in the home are very important. He is to keep them constantly before him. Now we move on to the warning against the sex sins. We come back to the great sin in our contemporary society, the sexual sin. The warning against this concerns the strange woman, the prostitute. It is that which can wreck the family of a young man more than anything else. The sex sins, the sins of adultery, are the great sins of our day. No one can calculate the lives that have been absolutely wrecked and ruined because of these. Oh, how many marriages are broken up today because of them. Hollywood novels, popular songs all play on the same old theme, the triangle. There is the married couple and the third party, the man or woman who is breaking up the marriage. Proverbs has much to say about them. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 24 and 25. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress, do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. Now, notice that the young man is not to lust after her beauty in his heart. We have just learned, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. 
in Proverbs 4 verse 23. Also notice how the young man is warned against her flattery, her beauty, her flattering eyelids. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The whole sinful thought begins down in the heart, and that is where the young man ought to be careful. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Proverbs 6 verse 26. Oh, how many men have been ruined like that. I think we would all be shocked if we knew how many office wives there are. We have no idea of the number of people who are blackmailed today because of illicit sex. The Lord says it begins in the heart. He made us and he knows us. He says, do not lust after her beauty in your heart. It begins there. Now he asks a few pointed questions. Proverbs 6 verse 27. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? The answer to that is very obvious. Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? Proverbs 6 verse 28. Now we know of fanatics who try this, but it will always burn to walk on hot coals, my friend. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Proverbs 6 verse 29. You see, if a man commits adultery, he is not innocent. He has no plea whatsoever. Now notice the illustration. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet, when he is found, he must therefore restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. This is given here as an illustration. Suppose someone steals your car, your wallet, or your stereo. Later, the thief is caught and found guilt of the crime. What sort of penalty would you impose on the offender if it were up to you? You see, under the Old Testament law, a thief was ordinarily required to make restitution of the value of the loss. If a man steals because he is hungry, our sympathy goes out to him. Although he may be pitied, he must pay heavily, is noted by the word sevenfold and the phrase all the substance of his household, meaning the forfeiture of all that he possesses for his foolishness. Now, someone will ask the question, what accounts for this high penalty? Well, the answer is obvious there. The law made numerous provisions for to prevent poor people from starving, and these included that the people were to pay a, a third the third year tithe, the gleaning was important, the release of death in the, the release of deaths in the sabbatical year, the temporal sale of real property, the mandatory uh, charity laws, voluntary indenture services, all these were there. 
However, it is worthy noting that each of these provisions involved a form of charity and many people resist accepting charity for a variety of reasons such as pride, embarrassment or a desire for independence. Perhaps the penalty of sevenfold restitution was intended to punish this prideful rejection of help. Now, a similar and far more serious situation concerns those who know about the saving grace of God, yet they reject it out of pride and self-sufficiency. Their rebellion makes them subject to condemnation and eternal punishment. Here, the wise man writing the proverb is using this proverb to show that one who steals will be pitied for. However, an adulterer cannot easily make restitution, and he is due personal chastisement and loss of reputation. That is different. While consideration may be given to a thief who steals property, an adulterer has no way of escape. He has no recourse, so to say. Here is Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32 to verse 35. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased, though you give many gifts. You see, the man who commits adultery is in a completely different category. He is a man who has no sense. He destroys himself and has no hope of getting out of the penalty of sin. He will get only wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace is never to be erased. No amount of ransom of payment or payment will appease the jealousy of the husband. This husband who has been bruised will only come and say, I don't accept any payment. I don't. All I want is to make sure that I take off the head of this man. Adultery is something that you don't rub out, my friend. If you commit it, you lack understanding. You wreck your home. You will wreck your life. Oh, my friend, what tragedies result from adultery? What tragedies have destroyed families across the world? And here in Africa, the HIV and AIDS pandemic has tragically destroyed thousands and millions simply because of the foolishness that comes through adultery. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 7264144475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.